bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the After Things show. I'm Andrew Maine, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello, friends. Brian Brushwood. Hello, beautiful people and less beautiful people. But dirt, certainly beautiful, Mr. Bryce Castillo. Oh, hello to everybody. Out I, mean, I was, I was trying to be, I was trying to be inclusive, and you made it weird. Right. Yeah, but you just did this. Hello, beautiful, and less beautiful people. And then I got to go say Bryce's name. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Where do I go? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That, I was say thank you to that, everybody listening, regardless. Uh, of how you look. Yeah, uh, Bryce's wonderful cherubic face <laughs> greeting us all watching Indeed. those audio listeners just feel a warm glow in your heart and it's the same thing <laughs> hey uh i have a question so um i've been i've been doing like a grown-up sort of some grown-up work for the f- past couple weeks which i'll talk about at a later date and uh video conferencing stuff like this and uh i haven't had like a real job in like 20 years um and I mean, real. I mean, I've worked the production Wait, stuff and all this. You've had gigs, but not a job. Yeah, yeah, not a thing. Like, I mean, I've, the TV production I've had. Like, hey, yeah, you know, we need you to. You got to show up. You're like, all right, I'll show up. Okay, fine. You're like, no, we have cameras. You have to show up. Like, fine, I'll show up for your stupid cameras. Like, no, this is what you wanted. And you're like, oh, fine, <laughs> put it all on me. Like, also, the uh, cameras aren't even sentient. Why are you calling them stupid? Also, this is a yeah. very weird way for a star of a reality television show to be acting right now. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, I've been working on a project and whatnot. And so I, I'm I'm fascinated by this whole remote through the magic of video teleconferencing and stuff, experience and stuff. And I see how it can be kind of helpful, but I also see like, man, like this kind of sucks too. Cause sometimes you just want to like, nah, I just need to be able to be in the room and talk about stuff, whatever. And I know we're in a curious about what's gonna stay, what's not gonna stay, what have been your experiences? Uh I will say that I've actually deeply enjoyed, uh, I have done many video conferences for over the last 10 years, and I've never enjoyed them more than in the last six months. And that is entirely because we built out a production studio that allows us to divert attention away, to be present and then not be present to, to mute ourselves easily with hardware, to put something on screen that says taking a dump BRB, you know, uh, 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 I, I think that once people catch up to that level of control of their involvement in these experiences, uh, I think other people will really, really like video uh, <laughs> video uh, chats. Oh, by the way, on screen it says now spoiler in taking a dump BRB. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> I typed yeah. But but um, uh, I, I I think that uh, the genie's out of the bottle because I think I think meetings as they have always been have always been dumb, taken too long, and quietly caused people more people to dial out than to dial in and 
video meetings, uh, I, I think, have many less of those problems. What about yeah. you, Justin? I, I don't know. I don't know if they have less of those problems. I think that they are going to have their own problems, which I think a lot of people are realizing now that uh, uh, Zoom can actually increase your meeting load because it is less uh, of a barrier to entry because you don't have to uh, worry about everybody being in the same building or uh, stuff like that. What, what I do think is out of the bottle is adoption of these tools and the acceptance from management and bosses that this is not like just a fancy way to play hooky um where i suspect that we will go is what a lot have uh, a lot of of uh tech companies have kind of done for a few years and i don't think it's necessarily some philosophical uh difference but it is a a change in leadership that comes from understanding that these um these tools exist but I, I think that you're just going to see more work from home even after uh offices are open you might see a push away from spending a ton of money on a big grandiose office but in in general i think the average person is going to have more of a situation like what a lot of like silicon valley companies have where it's like quote unquote infinite time off uh because you're always going to be able to work from home or 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 take time uh, uh to yourself because the company isn't worried that you're totally out of pocket and untethered if you're only on slack and zoom i'm trying to figure out like how present you need to be like how responsive like I, i'm a person like i work i'll work at 3 a.m i'll get up in the morning do stuff i'll go back to sleep and get stuff and that sort of thing for me is to figure out like what's the tempo or what's the pace of doing stuff too you know, yeah. and, I, I, and I, think, I will say this much. Um, it's interesting um, how by being trained and, and, and uh, you know, earning our credits in the world of podcasting, it sort of uh, shifts our understanding of the stakes for those meetings. Um, uh, I took a meeting at uh, 1030 a.m. today with two people who I knew are friends. Um, definitely had no shame taking it clearly in bed, having just woken up like, like it was time and the phone rang and I'm like, what's up? Let's talk. And they're all like, like they were both clearly shocked, fully dressed and bathed and all this stuff. And it's like me knowing that this was a meeting and not a podcast had no problem. Be like, yeah, no, I'm in bed. Cause uh, I'm going to start podcasting and I'm going to podcast till nine o'clock tonight. So uh, you have me. What's up? <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I, I suspect there's only going to be more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I I have this. Uh, I keep a, a polo shirt, like a collared shirt. So if I have on, if I have a meeting, I just take my t-shirt off. I put this on. They're like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Because I want to look. You know, I mean, I haven't had you know, I haven't had a haircut in months, so I can't help that. You know, and that's Boy, one thing I've been in meetings I, I, with people. I, 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 real quick. Uh, uh, sidebar. Uh, uh, how are you doing on, on the getting over the hump of the long hair thing? Because like, like it's almost <laughs> like I'm getting, I'm getting dangerously close. As long as it, we talked about this earlier, as long as I don't wear a green shirt, nobody calls me shaggy and I'm getting closer and closer to Sawyer from lost. How are, uh, how, how, how are you doing? 
I mean, I think I'm just full on shaggy, you know, from Scooby Doo here. Yeah, I admit to that. I look like I don't have luxurious straight locks. Yeah. You actually, yeah, you actually your, look your... like a, 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 the lead singer of Ministry, circa early '90s or so. <laughs> I was gonna say you look like the lead singer of the 1975, who's also got long curly hair. Okay, yeah, all right, all right, all right. It's all good. We're I'll getting there. Those. We're gonna get over the <laughs> hump, and we're all gonna look great with majestic long hair. Um, yeah, exactly. Wh- Mine just gets so curly, like it just goes in the back. So, uh, one of the, <sighs> the the things when you work. Uh, we- when you when you work virtual or work from home a lot, especially if you have like weird hours, like like I do weird hours too, um, is like uh, it makes it very easy to uh, uh, to, to to like you like you, have, you sometimes you have to very actively be like no I am off right now I'm don't don't text me don't call me um, because when when you take the when you take the step of like well i'm going to break out of the 9 to 5 office hours availability it can be very easy to feel like you are always because you've got you know slack and uh and any other number of ways that you can be reached uh it can be difficult to to kind of have a boundary like that or to set times where it's okay to you to not be working on something right now um and i, I, I think w- i i think if we're talking about things that may or may not persist beyond this moment right now like i I think we might see more of that and people need to know that i i want to throw out here something too though like i've i know it this is a really it is obviously a very hard time it's a very hard time but i know some people who are sort of thriving doing new stuff because you know a, a, a complicated wise man once said chaos is a ladder and, you know, and that sort of means when everybody's sitting around trying to figure out what happens, what happens, what happens, the people who start figuring out how to organize their life and organizing things around them, there's a lot of opportunity. And there is a tremendous amount of opportunity right now. And, you know, we've uh, we've got a mutual friend who's, you know, in the middle of a startup that's getting funded and doing kind of really cool stuff because start of an idea he had and that grew and now there's a team of people working on this i've seen that happen where people are like hey there's an opportunity to happen here and there are a lot of people who are just do not want to sit still and they want to make things happen and i think that's the thing to think about is it like you kind of have an opportunity you couldn't do before like if i wanted to create a company right now like yeah i could work with people in any city around the world and say hey let's make a thing let's do a thing let's have some calls let's organize some stuff and make some stuff happen and there is tremendous opportunity. This has opened up the doorway because what would have been like, ah, that sounds a little bit amateurish, you know, before to try to do a Skype call and create a virtual startup. Not now. Uh, yeah. As a wise man once said, chaos is a ladder. It's <laughs> This is an opportunity to move ahead in whatever your business is. I forget who said that. I think it was Abraham Lincoln. I just said chaos is a ladder. Yeah. Wait, was that a Why joke? You, no, uh, you're the wise man, I guess. Uh, sorry, I no. You know that reminds me of a friend oh, of, of a yeah, thing yeah, that my okay, friend Brian Rushman no, 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 said. No, no, that uh, chaos uh, tr- is truth. a ladder. Yeah, I, I, I missed. Think, I missed well, the chaos really, is a ladder what part. Really makes sense because is, no, no. Uh, okay, sorry, no, right. we're gonna just clear this chaos up. Chaos is a ladder. The, oh, no, Justin. Okay, look, I'm gonna clear this up. I just made that up. I like that. Chaos is a ladder. Wow. I am going to clear this up. You should write that down because because the the moment you said that, Bonnie sent me picture of. 
It's fine. These puppies. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. And that's. I, I, think, I think what really, I, what really needs to be highlighted I'm here is that <laughs> chaos is a ladder. Yeah, you know, uh, I've heard that. I, you know, yeah. my friend Brian has said something very <laughs> similar to that. I, no, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I got pictures of Brian puppy Weimar honors, and we might have yeah. one, and it happened at that moment. God, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. man, that's crazy. I, that's. I, I've, it's so I've unlike you Shelby. to just not hear. It's like you're killing me. <laughs> I, I've had, I've been dealing with a mini crisis while we've been recording this, so I understand. I've been like, oh, it's great, guys. Question. Yeah. I've got like, oh, da, 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 da. okay. So furthermore, so I get it. I get it. As yeah. I was saying, chaos ladder is a ladder. chaos. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, ooh, ah, wow. You gotta. You might have to um, pay my friend some royalties for saying that. It sounds a little close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, congratulations. Now I'm going to forward it to all of you. So you all have to look at these puppies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that uh, it certainly there is a tremendous amount of opportunity out there, and I think that that's. I've used this example before, and and I I talked about like you know the ending of Dumb and Dumber when they're walking along and the Hawaiian Tropic bus stops. And the yeah. girl gets out and says, hey, we're looking for a couple of towel boys to come with us, <laughs> you know, and, you know, the, the punchline is they're like, oh, well, uh, um, yeah, maybe you'll find some guys that way. And they're like, man, what a couple lucky guys to get be towel boys on a Hawaiian tropic bus, you know, and like, wait, wait, wait. It's that way, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and we're, I feel like that's a lot of my life where I'm like, man, really a really opportunistic person who is you know, a literally clever person would go do this thing would, would go yeah. do this right now. Anyhow, well, let me go watch lost. Exactly. And yeah. Then, well, I mean, I, I think that there's, there is a tendency that I know a certain personality type has, and I think Brian or uh, Andrew and I specifically kind of fall into it where you feel smart about realizing there's a trend or you feel smart about understanding how a system works. And then you're like, Oh, well, like now I'll point out how this system works or I'll feel good about being able to predict things that happen in the system and not realize like, Oh, wait, maybe you're really good at this and you could take advantage of it. <laughs> like Maybe there's something more than, than just like being able to, to, to think through stuff and, and figuring out how to make it, a productivity engine is is a huge part of it and especially now for a lot of people that people that are listening to us are tech forward they've been they've been aware of all these tools for a very 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 long time uh what they are going to find out is uh that now the world is caught up and instead of saying oh geez zoom i've been on zoom or google hangouts forever yes and so you know them better than anybody else you know these tools better than anybody else you have a tremendous head start for everybody who literally just logged on. Uh, maybe that's a good question. Uh, how, we all know that the world never went back to normal after 9-11, um, uh, but certainly big parts of it did go back to normal. Uh, wh what do we think five years from now will be, quote unquote, back to normal? And what do we never let go of? And I, I think you landed on the first one. Uh, the idea of high production uh, video meetings and the efficiency of of uh, of this feeling as close to face to face as most of us really want to bother to have. I think for some, okay, like I'm for me part of like I see part of the utility of some of part of me like man, I really want to be in a room with a group of people and 
because I think that it will be more productive in some ways. And I think it's figured out when you need that and when you don't need that. I think that I do think that we're going to be much more integrated into this. You're you we forced a lot of teachers to learn how to use tools like this and a lot of people to sort of jump into stuff. You know, we we could talk uh, at length uh, though about how I would, well, and, and uh, specifically the other side of that is there's no putting the genie back in the bottle that parents now know that children are only doing 90 minutes of learning per day. Like everything else yeah. is nothing but daycare. And, and, and I don't blame any parent who wants to virtualize their school, their, their kids learning experience on an ongoing basis going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, uh, Matt Ridley, by the way, on his blog has, you know, five reasons to feel like, I guess, you know, that five hopeful things re regarding COVID and whatnot and talks about how we might be turning a corner on this. And also, I think he talks a little bit kind of the longer term things of like how we're probably going to see reduced amounts of flu, most amounts of the cold and whatnot, because, you know, I watched I watched some restored footage from Japan in like the 1930s and you saw people coming in and off of a train. Some of them had masks, you know, and this yeah. was a thing that was almost a hundred years ago was part of that culture. And when you're over there in these high density cities, that's norm here. Not so much. Now I think you're going to see that now we always do, you know, almost always do that. And I think that'll be the norm. And I think that that's going to be a helpful thing going forward. But I think we are going to sort of weigh those interactions more. So, so we said this jokingly last week or the week before, but we, I, I mentioned something about the idea of like a Kylo Ren mask in a world where we're already protecting our faces for uh, disease pur purposes. Uh, but we also want to get uh, uh, AR benefits uh, on, on a visual spectrum. Do you, do you think we were, we wear like full face Kabuki masks? That, I, uh, hope, I hope not. I mean, I think that I don't even wearing masks is overall long term isn't healthy. You're reducing the oxygen content. You know, that's one of the problems is that like part of the problem is that we have this sort of these we've getting very mixed messaging and stuff. We went from no, don't wear a mask. It doesn't help, which was stupid and a scientific anti-science at the time to now, hey, wear a mask like, oh, wear a mask all the time. And like, well, if I'm in a park and nobody's near me, like, yeah, just to be safe. And it's like, well, that's reduced oxygen input. That's not healthy, you know, and and it's that. The, the knowing like, yeah, no, yeah, I'm going to go to Dragon Con and walk through the main midway there. Yes, yes. Wear a mask, you know, do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe more better tech for situations when you're close to people, you know, but, uh, you know, I think too, is like you think about what you could do with, you could build sensors into your watch that could say, hey, your airflow here, this is, this is, this, this, this air is not good. You know, you're in a supermarket, this part of the supermarket, this air hasn't been circulating, you know, and that might be. To yeah, give us the I, most I, I suppose uh, um, you would have uh, maybe a, a, a two separate parts to the smart mask. Uh, one, something that uh, that gave you a big visual field, but also had an AR overlay related to your your uh, smartphone that's able to regulate, uh, you know, uh, when it's time to change your your face breathing mask, but also uh, uh, you know sampling at all times the uh, number of pathogens or, or, or level of risk wherever you are. I don't, I just don't, I, I don't think, I think that's way overkill. I think that right now, you know, I, I think that going forward with, with better monitoring and stuff, you know, we, you, you, 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, there may be certain, you know, if you're, if you're a person that has to work in a supermarket checkout line and deal with a bunch of people all at once, yeah, it might be better masks and things like this. And ones that could be more auction might be good, but I don't, I don't really want that future where we have to walk around like Darth Vader. You know, no, I'll take I mean, my chances. I, yeah. I think we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're into a, a, you know, I think the culture would dictate the virus would dictate other viruses would, would kind of dictate exactly whether or not we land in a situation like that. Although I do think that it was, it would be last resort. Um, but look, you know, I think that, uh, if, if we're like looking at just where we go in terms of health and safety, I, I think the idea of, Hey, the way that it is in Japan, where if you feel sick, wear a mask all the time. Like, you know, if you're mm -hmm. in a public place and you feel sick, it is a s cultural sign of respect that you are wearing a mask because you know you could spread it to others. And I think that might be something that 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 keeps uh, keeps coming. But the rest of it, I think we're going to probably backslide into kind of exactly how we were before. Now, now, uh, no, we're hugs we're, and we're handshakes, becoming... uh, though. Oh, yeah. I know. Hugs and handshakes. Absolutely. Hmm. I think I think we'll. Yeah. I mean, people do that now. To be honest, it's like you know, uh, that's that's still a thing where I think that that feels in terms of the American psyche more like emergency measures than it does like, well, these things are out. Well, oh, oh, and uh, just to Brian, you're masking. That might be a thing for travel. Like if you're on an airplane for a long time, it might be that might be the thing that you say, hey, I want to have the special mask because I want. The points where you're most likely, you know, because I know I'm like, oh, I don't want that, but I'm like, oh, if I had to go international travel and I'm on an airplane and stuff, it might be not a bad idea. Or, or a convention. Back. That was the other situation yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, I think I'll give you a reason why we might go back to handshakes is that if in every, in every public place, hand sanitizer is right there in the except, like, right. You know, I looked back, I was buying masks back in January, right? And then I was having, you know, getting sanitizer sent from overseas, you know, just to have enough of it. And I went to a party right when this, you know, like early February, mid-February, and I meet people and I pull out my sanitizer and start washing my hands and I got looks from people. And I'm like, listen, like, you know, I'm like, you're laughing at me now, you know, and now everybody gets it. And I think the, I think the upside of us doing handshakes of hand sanitizer there, it may make us more hygienic because if we know handshake sanitize, we're going to be sanitizing our hands a lot more often. So, yeah. so in other words, yeah. the handshake instead becomes a spreading vector, becomes a, a ritual of, of purification every time you meet someone where it's where it's it's yeah. like 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 oh good it's a new person i've met uh i'm gonna touch them and now we're both gonna clean up and now i'm more clean than before we touched each other i, I think when, when, when it comes to our own levels of paranoia and concern with germs and disease and stuff like that there have always been a strata but uh folks who are very conscious about it have often been kind of like if not looked down upon, like certainly looked at as odd uh, uh, or like possibly even insulting, like Andrew was talking about at a party where it's like, oh, I guess we're gross if you're using hand sanitizer, uh, where I think that's that I think is gone. Like like the, now the, the the germaphobe will forever be looked at as like, oh, you know, you want to know what makes more sense now. Uh, and, and you might see more of that kind of behavior normalized. I think that it, the kind of the norm will be like, don't ask to shake somebody's hand if you don't have sanitizer. 
You know, like, hey, good to meet you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah uh, you, I, I've actually derived a little bit of joy from describing the over the top ways that I want to show my affection for seeing them like on their way, like, uh, you know, after hanging out or whatever, it's like, uh, like, okay, well, I guess you got to go. And I'm like, I just want you to know, I give you a big old hug and a big old kiss on the cheek, but I can't Bye. It's like, but, but it's like right. just saying those words somehow makes it less weird. Yeah, you're like, and that's yeah. Same as getting one of those e birthday cards, sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or, a, oh, or one great. of those, one of those. Uh, uh oh, what are they? Uh, the the not Zimzam, uh, the uh, <laughs> the ones with the elves and whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, just we had a comment there asking if if uh, using hand sanitizer will contribute to antibiotic resistance, and I looked this up just to be sure. No, because what happens with hand sanitizer is that alcohol just like flat out wipes out the bacteria. You get antibiotic resistance when you have a weakened amount of it. Um, you know, like that's why you take your antibiotics, but you don't finish your course or you start, you know, it's a different sort of process. So in theory, no, you won't have that problem of us because it's sort of saying, well, washing our hands all the time, breed nastier bacteria. Yeah. Although <clears throat> there are bacteria that can survive that. You know, I think we talked about before about a hospital that had a strange spread of something and it was coming from like the sink because oh, they did, weren't they weren't like cleaning the plumbing or something. And it was just this, you know, do, I think yeah. Do, uh, before we wrap up, do, do you think that that we're going to change the way we handle our elderly? Um, because most of the truly tragic cases that we've heard about have been, uh, you know, at retirement homes uh, where we're bundling together all of our most uh, immunosuppressed people in the exact same place. I think that we need to do more things to, you know, monitor our care of people because that is the problem. We sort of push these people off into these facilities. And, and I remember when I was a kid, you know, uh, going to an old folks home, it was the smell, you know, you just, they never smelled clean. It smelled like pee and stuff. And I think that's part of the problem is there's things that may look clean on the surface, but they're not. Yeah. I think, you know, the obviously the more we learned about this virus, the more we realized that literally keeping it out of elder care facilities were, you know, was paramount. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, from this point on, it's actually now that we know that it's actually not the worst place for them because you don't necessarily want. Uh, uh, you know, some of your old folks in multi-generational homes or, or in situations where they are around people that, that, you know, are frontline workers that may or may not get it or are reckless. And that's where now you're seeing a lot of deaths. Uh, you know, we just had a big spike out here in East Oakland and a lot of it was just multi-generational homes and, and people getting it and, and not having the, uh, the ability to fight it off. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to uh, just a comment because it is a boring point is that somebody points out that alcohol doesn't kill everything. That's true. And it's true. It's neither does soap and water. You know, there, there is, you know, we, you know, what is it? Radionicus, you know, we find bacteria inside of uh, nuclear power plants. We find stuff that's extremely resistant to stuff and even being broken down by soap and stuff. And like, yeah, there are, there are, we've, we've, we found uh, examples of two bacteria that were able to like, could survive in space and stuff. And, only, and we found them inside of clean rooms, the most clean environments in the world. So you're going to get strains and stuff. But the idea is that most of the stuff that we're pr pr primarily concerned with that affect the human immune system 
you know, seem to be, you know, pretty, that seems to be pretty effective, but it's, 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 it's science is a moving target, you know, science is a thing where you say, is this better, you know, better or not. So yeah. Uh, scary. It's all scary. Germs, germs are actually our friends for the most part. If you think about it, you know, the mostly. gut bacteria and all that. So yeah, mostly. Well, that's the other side. If you look at like our stomach is like, you know, how much, if we didn't have, you know, gut bacteria, whatever, you know, we would like die of malnutrition. So that's the other part of it is that, that delicate balance, if you will. Indeed. A circle of life. It's like a ladder <laughs> out yeah. of chaos. Yes. Chaos is a Weimaraner. <laughs> no, but you saw those pictures though, right? They look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I know. Just put those suckers yeah. in the dryer for half an hour and they'll be nice. And <laughs> they'll and smooth out yeah, real okay. nice. Uh, hey, so uh, oh, also, uh, wait, wait, real, real quick, changing topics. Um, Andrew, did you see the pictures of the Weimaraners? Wait, like, what? I just want to. Yeah, I just want to see. Just changing topics, Kill new me. topic. Did you, you see a picture me. of the Weimaraner? Yes. All right, all right, we can change the topic again. Yeah. Brian, did you see the picture of the Weimaraner? Uh, yes. Because uh, okay. I, I, I hey, am throw, reading. Throw them in the, throw them in the dryer. Kindly hey. Inquisitors, <laughs> read by Pendulette, <laughs> is my pick. It's on Audible. Uh, I think it's like a, a 40th anniversary edition or something. It was written in the early 90s, and it uh, makes the case that um, uh, uh, for, for, for nasty political discourse, uh, what we want to believe is that uh, everybody has the right to not have their feelings hurt. Uh, and uh, this book is all about how uh, humanity is better off when we argue ve vehemently against and for and with each other. Yeah, that whole not having my feelings hurt kind of thing. I think about like the opinions I have now and what was shaped by my friends had they had a higher regard for my feelings, I think I would have had some of the same stupid ideas I had when I was 15. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, written by uh, Jonathan Rausch, uh, read by uh, Pendulette. Um, man, I, I, I would have loved it if it was written by, or if it was read by Jonathan Rausch, but I guess there was no audiobook because it, came out in the early 90s uh but uh but uh you can find some podcast appearances from jonathan roush uh it seems like a real smart cat and uh uh it's you know the marketplace of ideas could be nasty it could be fitful it could be gnarly all around but uh but but uh, uh damned if it isn't you know a literal version of evolution in idea form and uh, i'm enjoying that book excellent Anybody else? Uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, a lot of great quotable lines. No, fuck you. My, 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 my new pick is Weimar Honors. Weimar yeah. Honors. They're very wrinkly <laughs> and they're cute. And, and, and I saw a picture of some. There we go. Just, uh, uh, you know, it ends. Uh, it ends after season five. We only made five seasons. So uh, just watch five seasons of Game of Thrones and then just... Kind of uh, just throw it one, in the trash. Just, just wonder, wonder what might have happened afterwards. Write your Such own an ending. Amazing. <laughs> whatever, yeah. yeah, whatever you do, don't actually watch anything. Whatever, more. whatever you, whatever you want. <laughs> um, no, what they were doing is they were going to let George R. R. Martin write books to be the sequels to what happened. Oh my sure, god, that's good yeah. because they stopped Smart. making yeah. them yeah. after season five. They ah, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got a I got a pick. Um I I got I got a, I got a Siri ball the other day and one of the most interesting things that I've been using the home, the home pod um is been just asking it to give me the news and what it plays is uh NPR News Now which I did not know about 
Um, but it seems very cool. It is an it's it's an it's a pod it's like a five minute podcast that they update every hour of every day. Uh, and it's got news. I I would love to know how they do it. You can tell it's modular in a certain way. Um, but I I think that's pretty cool, and it's it's a, a neat way to kind of get some of the day's headlines. I, I, I would a, suspect that they're just plugging into, and this is pure speculation on my part, but, but I know that, you know, NPR, you know, releases a new version of the news five minutes long every hour all day long. So they probably have some kind of, you know, uh, plug in process uh, on yeah. there and then you just get the latest version. I, and I, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, uh, at the last job that I had where we were making a news program by the time that I had left there, instead of, rolling out a new rendering out a new news file every week it would be we would make packages and they would put it in the machine and then it would just play it so yeah it would not surprise me especially given how you know compact these reports are um that uh that they have a way to process but i would love i would love to know if anybody has has any knows how they do it i'd love to know more but uh and it seems like a good news program uh npr news now hey siri what's in the news Apple computers is at the highest satisfaction rate ever today. Uh, people around the world are thrilled with Apple's. Apple's profitability is up 50%. It, it we go now to, to George Washington. <laughs> Apple's I, are great. And I believe chaos is a ladder. <laughs> and I Limer honors are very wrinkly. Throw it in the dryer. Okay. Uh, NPR News Now. Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, did you? <laughs> oh, my God. You literally, I literally triggered that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I want to like, like, you know, fast, like time travel myself from 20 years ago and like have, have all these smart assistants hidden around the house, <laughs> you know, and then like, I have. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Oh. It's it's yeah. We just summon them like demons. You know. Uh my pick is going to be uh I, you know, I picked this before, but I'm gonna pick it again because it just they just announced they're gonna do an, a live action prequel series for it. Every now and then there there's been a couple shows that just delighted me, like like you know, like the boys was one where I'm like, wait, this is way better than I thought, really enjoyed it. And my other like the series that I liked better than a certain series on Disney Plus, which I really liked, but I actually thought this series was better, was The Witcher. Wow, oh, yeah. Witcher. 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 Anybody with me on that? I mean, I haven't seen it, but uh, oh. I do know that Bryce already had it pulled up before you said it. Because so. I, I knew about the spinoff. That was in the news today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I watched the first episode, and I thought it was all right. Um, yeah. But I... I uh, it's still on my list behind like four other things oh, to get back dude, to. Oh, dude, no, you got to, that's a bit of a slow burn. Like Witcher to me was like, I loved it at first for kind of, it's like, no, we're going to do like even borderline, like schlocky kind of like fantasy. Like we're going full on everyone's magic and their spells. And it's like a bunch of just like, if you like a bunch of fantasy stuff and monsters thrown at the wall, then here that is. And then about, I think it's like four episodes in, you kind of realize like, oh, all this like throw it in a blender fantasy stuff was actually fairly deliberate. And it's kind of like coming together. And it's it's always so much fun 
when you fall in love with the show for being fun and then you realize it's really smart um because yeah. it doesn't have to wear it on its sleeve uh or like unnecessarily sort of like uh uh like create these like contrived scenes and have actors look like really confused in the camera or hold things back from you the witcher is here to feed it is feeding you with something and then eventually you realize that oh they're also a dietitian uh, yeah. I, I I would put uh, Rick and Morty in that kind of category. It took it took a good four or five episodes of Rick and Morty before I realized that, oh wait, they're they're really putting effort into making all of this smart, consistent, and and uh, persistent in the world. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I thought it, I enjoyed it thoroughly, and I'm picking it again because I'm like, go check it. It was one of those delights. Like uh, Carnival Row was another one on Amazon Prime, which I thought was delightful. But which are really. You just because you you there the people who went made it all the way through Witcher and go yeah and people will go oh I'll try it out so yeah cool. you got so. you got to get in it's like the episode like four was where I was like four or five I can't remember which one it is but that was where I was like oh like this isn't like I'm not just here for like you know some some uh, sword and you know shield you know on a quest let's have a million different characters it's like oh got it okay this is cool yeah hmm. yeah pretty cool. So. There you go. It's been after. As a ladder. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. 